Today's date is October 1st, 2020, and I'm here with Michael Antich. Hey, Michael Antich, how are you? Good, how are you, Marco? Good, good, man. So I have a couple questions for you, okay? That sounds good. So what's your expected graduation date? My expected graduation date is in in the winter or in the fall. Okay. No, I think the fall. Got you. Okay, it's okay. Uh, so why did you choose AES? Uh, I choose AES because of just my background, pretty much. I just love this, the human body and just playing sports and just being in that environment just made me want to pursue that career. And just with like my mom being a speech therapist, my babysitter was her office and with speech therapist and physical therapist. So just with that, I just absorbed all that, all the info that they were giving me and just watching them was like, like my first love. That was like my first love. So gotcha. I, since when I was born, when I was a little kid, I wanted to always do that. Okay, so you were there, like, at babysitting? I mean, uh, you were there at that place since, like, a young age? Yeah, since I can remember. I still remember running through running through the halls, talking to, like, the other patients, playing with, like, the medicine balls and all the, cool. all the tools that physical therapists use to this day. That's actually cool. That's why you're so athletic and in shape, huh? Yeah, that's true. Um, so what are your certifications? Uh, I am CPR certified. Uh, I want to get maybe an athletic training, maybe some certification on that. But that's pretty much it right now. Got you. I don't know that much about like out of uh, athletic uh, certification. So like, what what would you do? Like take a test for it, or is it? Uh, I feel like yeah, you have to go take an online course, okay, and just get your certification from there. Got you. Okay. So what would be, like, your next step in, like, your education or career or field that you're in? Uh, for me, I want to be a physical therapist. So I want – so after I graduate, I need to go to grad school, which is another three years. And then after that, hopefully start my own business with my mom. That's the main goal. And as she, her being a speech therapist and me being a physical therapist, we can make a really great business – having a whole this whole combination of both in one clinic. That would be awesome. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah, hopefully in Ecuador. That's where we're from. So Oh in Ecuador. Oh, that's cool. Uh have you done so wait, actually is a is the place that you're in, uh that you were doing your when you were a kid, um, at the babysitting place, was that in Ecuador or was that here? Oh that was here. That was that here. That was here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But, my bad. Uh I did some clinics in well, I did some shadowing in, in Ecuador, and they just... Oh, really? There's, like, a lack of physical therapists over there and speech therapists. So just having that will increase the demand of physical therapists and speech therapists, so we'll have a nice business over there, hopefully, if everything works out. Yeah, you guys would make some change over there, then. That'd be cool. Uh, what you do, like, in Ecuador, like, specifically, was it, like, an internship, you would say? Yeah, so I weren't... Uh, yeah, I was an internship, so I, I worked at a military hospital. Oh. So I worked with uh, kids or people in the military that were injured. injured? So one, gotcha. one of the rarest patients I had was a little kid. His elbow was, like, was sort of, like, dislocated. So if you look at him, like, 
straight. One was all the way to the right, so his elbow wasn't even straight. Ouch. So like, yeah, I guess you mean just so much pain, like for him, like to try to straighten his elbow. And you were there, like when they straightened it, or uh, I was doing. I was actually working with him with his rehabilitation, so oh, okay. I was trying to strengthen his forearms and trying to get his range of motion back. Just get it so, back into okay. Yeah. Gotcha. What? Um, another question was. Um, so I mean, we, this your career goal is to hopefully get your your athletic certification and start a start a business at Ecuador with your mom. You were saying. Uh, maybe like if well for athletic training, that's another route which is not bad to have. So like if I have that athletic training certification, that would be also be good. But it's not really useful for what I want to do with my main career. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would be like your general advice for like a college freshman or transfer new to APU? As for a, like a kinesi student or just a student? Yeah. As a- as in terms of for a kinesi student or an AES specifically? Uh, I would just say having the opportunity to talk to professors because since APU, we're such a, we have a small community. Yeah. I feel like if you really talk to professors and really ask them questions because they're, they're there to ask questions. They're not there just, you know, just teach and leave, you know? So yeah. I feel like if you have a question on something, you should, you should ask. Like, we're all about learning because the human body, you know, very complicated very complicated so we're here also the professor here learning every day so if we ask them questions and we really, really go in depth of our studying then, yeah and we're engaged yeah because in our field like we have to be precise like we just can't we can't make any wrong mistakes, mistakes. on the evaluations or else we'll get in trouble so just yeah, asking right. questions and before and like really understanding the material not just for the grade but understanding it for yourself because this is going to be a career for your whole life in the future yeah yeah you're right i agree with you 100 percent um a couple more questions what were like some difficulties or struggles that you faced on your journey through your aes career like your toughest classes or uh yeah uh i feel like anatomy was kind of difficult in a I'm sense of anatomy right now the lab wasn't that difficult but just like yeah. the just the lecture was kind of difficult. The physiological part of aspect on it, like how how the muscles work, the muscle fibers, the malfibulance, like all these, it's just like you really gotta go really deep into it. And that's just not yeah. That's the hardest part for me. And, and we take two semesters of that class, right? Because it's anatomy and physiology one, then it goes to anatomy and physiology two, right? Yes, yeah, correct. Oh, okay, yeah, because I'm in the first one right now. Yes, that's, it's yeah you. You'll get used to it. It's, it's it's a fun class, but it's like you really have to know that stuff because that's like the like the premise of what you're gonna learn in the future. Got you. And that's what you said helps also like talking to your teachers, asking questions, right? Yeah. Well, for that, yeah, you should really talk to your professor and really engage because if you don't know it, then you're gonna be really behind. Yeah, I get you, man. Um, last question, um, Michael. Are there any professors that you would say like helped you the best throughout your four years here at APU? Uh, yeah. Uh, Professor Dudley was really helpful. Uh, I really had a nice uh relationship with him as well as uh Dubois with biomechanics. I really enjoy biomechanics in a sense like where I really wanted to understand the material and how the body move, how the body moves, yeah. and 
So yeah, her Dubois and Delhi were Delhi? Oh, okay. Yeah, very good professors. Well, I mean, thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate your time. It was helpful. I will be uh engaging more with my professors throughout my other two years here at APU. Three actually. So thank you so much for your time, man. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. Yeah, anytime. All right, bye. All right. Okay, today's date is October 2nd, 2020. I'm interviewing Bryce Gordon. Hi, Bryce, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Good, good. Uh, so what's your career title? Uh, my career title is Certified Athletic Trainer. Okay. Uh, what was your education to get to that point? Uh, so I went to Concordia University, Irvine, Royal Eagles. Um, and I did my, <clears throat> I started as a business major there, but then after my first semester of freshman year, I switched to athletic training. And, um, so I was one of the, I was either the last or the second to last bachelors of athletic training cohort, um, at Concordia, Irvine. And now, yeah, cause now you can only do like a master's yeah. course for it. So you can do like an accelerated five year thing where you just bypass the bachelor's degree altogether yeah. and get your master's in athletic training. Uh, but yeah, I actually went the four-year route and because that was my only option. I got a bachelor's yeah. in athletic training. And now I'm currently a graduate student at APU uh, working towards a master of arts in leadership with an emphasis in sport management. Well, that's nice. That's a good plan. Uh, what would you say your certifications and credentials are right now? Um, uh, well, I'm, I, I'm a certified athletic, athletic trainer. trainer. Yeah, so I do. So I, once I, like second semester of my senior year, I sat for the board of certification exam uh, passed on my first try, and so I was certified. Um, on top of that, I have, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, first aid CPR certified as well. It kind of comes with, uh, with the degree, and uh, I'm also, uh, I have my CES. It's called a Certified Exercise Specialist, and so it's essentially, it's essentially a credential that gives me a little extra knowledge on rehabilitation in particular. Yeah, so it just kind of boosts my rehabilitation knowledge yeah. that I can apply in the athletic training setting. For that board exam, like, what is it? Like, what would you say if someone asked? Uh, like, for the, the, the BOC? Yeah. So, it's, um, so basically, so yeah, if you look at the United States specifically, mo- I think 48 or 49 of the states require certification to be an athletic trainer. Yeah. That, so, that means that you can't, like, you, Marco, can't just show up to some school and be like, yeah, hey, I want to apply for the athletic training position. Um, yeah, you need to have that certification on your belt. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how no one can just walk in. It's like how you know how doctors have yeah. to pass medical boards. Yeah. It's like otherwise you're gonna have random people who are just gonna show up. And be like, oh yeah, sure, I can be a doctor. You know yeah. why not? Um, and however, this is a whole other conversation. But the state of California actually doesn't require certification. Oh really? So literally, you could technically apply. You Marco could apply for an athletic training job at like Azusa High School, and. I mean, hopefully they wouldn't, no offense, but hopefully they wouldn't hire you. Yeah. But if they wanted to, you know, if they basically wanted to just save money and cut a corner, they then could they, could, they could hire you. Because, yeah. like, you don't have a college degree, you're not certified, so there's no reason that they pay you extra. So they can essentially just hire you on so that they can be like, oh, well, we hired an athletic trainer uh, <laughs> and pay you next to nothing. And yeah. 
you know, but then it sucks because in the event of a medical emergency, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, you don't know a, what you're doing. Yeah, a player collapses on the football field. You don't know what's wrong with him. Exactly. And next thing you know, the kid dies from something as simple as heat exhaustion that could have been dealt with. It's a liability. Yeah. And so basically, so after your education, and there's like requirements to take the exam. You have to do like a certain number of clinical hours. You have to go through a KD accredited uh, program, whether it's bachelor's or master's. Um, all this stuff, and then you can you can sit for the exam, and it's a four. It's it, I think it's a four hour long exam. It took me three and a half minutes to do. I'm uh, sorry, three and a half hours to three do. And a half, sorry, okay, damn. sorry. It's a four. It's a four hour long exam, and it took me three mm-hmm. and a half hours to do. So it was really long. It was real difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, I passed, and so that's good. You have to renew, like, you have to do continuing education every two years to renew your certification. Otherwise, if you fail to renew it, then you have to sit for the boards again. But the boards change every year. Oh, because so like, because okay. advancements are still right. being made yeah. in the field, and so as like new discoveries are made and new you know policies and procedures are instituted by like the national associations and stuff, yeah. they update the board of certification exam. So basically it gets harder and harder as you go. Yeah. That's why as a professional, I have to do continued education to stay up to date. But then if I fail to do that in the two, every two years, then I have to retake the exam to essentially prove that I am up to date wow. and I'm still able to be certified. And I'm hoping that California in the next couple of years will figure their stuff out and require certification. But for now, it's just something that if you have any respect for like yourself yeah. and the like yeah. the industry and the career, you'll do it right. Yeah. You'll get the certification and that way you can actually save lives. Yes. Yeah. It's a, and just simply know. like just staying on top of your stuff, renewing it every two years, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is, what are your previous works in the field of uh, athletic training? Athletic training. Have any? Yeah. So I'm, I, um, while I was in school, uh, I was doing my clinical hours at, um, a variety. Of, I worked in like the physical therapy clinic, um, at Concordia. Uh, no, this was a separate, so I was at Concordia when I was an athletic training student, but we would do our clinical rotations. I did some at Concordia. At Concordia, I worked a little bit of everything. I worked, um, men's and women's soccer. I worked women's basketball, men's and women's lacrosse, um, uh, baseball, softball, track and field, cross country, uh, pretty much everything. I think the only thing, men's volleyball, women's volleyball, I think the only thing I didn't work was, um, men's basketball. Which is a bummer because I love basketball. Love that was like the one that I really wanted to do. Um, but yeah, no, and then, but I also got to work at a couple different physical therapy clinics. Yeah. I worked um, at Orange Lutheran High School. Okay. Um, I did a football rotation there, like American football. Um, I worked at a Saddleback College. Uh, I did an American football there as well. This was all as a student. Yeah. And then once I graduated professionally, I worked for, um, it's called Game Time Athletic Training. It's a contract athletic training company. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's not affiliated with like a school, but I would go and I would essentially work like those huge club soccer tournaments that oh, okay. you did like yeah. in high school and stuff. On the weekends? Like, yeah, on the weekends yeah. where there's like 15 fields and all the games going on at once. Yeah. And they, they just hire, they hire my company and then me and, you know, four other athletic trainers go and we just are the, the first right, responders yeah. for the whole event. Um, and then I also did do some professional work at Concordia. I was actually hired at Concordia. And um, work, did you work for a couple different teams like that? And uh, then I worked at here at APU uh, with with you yeah. and the men's soccer team uh, with uh, track and field, cross country, and girls softball. Right? Uh, 
uh, women's so a little bit of women's softball and uh, the football team. Okay, when you were like at Concordia and you you were a student and you were still helping out, mm-hmm. would you just shadow like the athletic trainers there, or you would do your you would still be doing stuff? Um, it's a little bit of both. So as an athletic oh, training student, yeah, yeah as, especially if you're the a bachelor's yeah. student. Yeah, it's a lot of shadowing. It's yeah. a lot of observing, especially your first year. Like literally, that your your first year in the program. It's called your observation clinical coursework. So at that point, it literally means that you you were at Concordia. We wear a bright yellow T shirt that basically just screams. I'm a first year <laughs> and I have no idea what's going on, and you just do all of the the little work. Like you do the laundry. Like you yeah. clean the towels. You clean the clinic you yeah. spray down the table all the annoying stuff that the actual athletic trainers don't want to do yeah, right. you do but you're assigned to a certified athletic trainer and so it's like when they're doing treatments you know they can be like yeah hey uh, bryce so this is marco um he's got you know he's having this problem on his calf i think it's like a grade one yeah. calf strain and so this is what i'm gonna do to treat it and this is why and so through the observation you start to kind of get the yeah. string of how things work in the clinic why People do because you le- you're learning in class still. Yeah. So it's like I just covered muscle strains, yeah. and so now it's like, oh well, Marco has a muscle strain, so well in class I learned you do this, this, and that, and they're like, yes, exactly, we're gonna do this and that, you know, and they kind of yeah. give you little tips and tricks. And, and you also like get that. that like visual learning right there. Yeah, and you get the visual so you know, learning. Yeah. And then as you get older and get farther in the program, essentially it's up to your preceptor. But they have the option to start giving you more freedom. So there's some things that like legally you can't yeah, do, you're right. but there are little things that they'll allow you to do yourself as, so that way you can get hands-on experience in learning. And your whole career, mm-hmm. what was the part you enjoyed the most? Um, or just in general, I think, like in general in the career yeah. athletic training, I just love like just being, being able to help athletes. Because I was an athlete my entire life. I played volleyball in college. Um, and I think, and I just love sports. You yeah. Know, sports are my thing. It's I'm all passion. about sports, my passion. And, um, you know, obviously I'm not professional or anything like that. Um, but it's nice to be able to be around, particularly at the collegiate level, you know, when we're working at like high level yeah. collegiate athletes, being around the sport. I mean, I get courtside, field side seats to every game, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's You're sweet. Right. And so, but I also get to be a part of that in the sense that like, you know, I've got you know, guys like you who do have like a bright future in the sport yeah. and I can help you achieve your goals and your aspirations and keeping you okay. healthy and, you know, essentially playing a part in helping you become the best soccer player that you can be. Yeah. And so that aspect of just being able to help young athletes um, or older athletes, I mean, whatever, um, achieve their goals and achieve the greatest success possible. That's what I enjoy the most about the career. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, what would you say like your future goals is um my future goal uh well obviously because of COVID-19 yeah. right now no sports there's really no need for Sucks. my job so I've been unemployed since this all started but uh my future goals would be to I would like to get back into athletic training uh, preferably at the collegiate level um but you know let's say hypothetically I did have an athletic training position so basically before COVID my hope was that I would be able to get into uh, athletic directing that's like my end goal. And that's yeah. my, one of the main reasons why I'm working towards my, uh, this master's degree right now is so that I can still be involved in yeah. athletics and still help people, but I guess for more of an administrative sense as compared to a sports medicine sense. Okay, I see that. Um, another question is, a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your hardest part of your career path? 
Was it that exam? Was it? Oh, um, like so far, like what do I think is the hardest part of the career? Yeah, what would you think is the hardest yeah. part? Um, I mean, honestly, right now, I think if to give you, I guess, like a current Probably, example, yeah. um, it's uh, getting your foot in the door as a young professional. Right. You know, because especially because, like I said, I didn't do the master's route. I did the undergraduate. So I was a certified athletic trainer at 22 years old. Um, and, you know, a lot of t- I mean, at APU, you know, the like. Is so that I'll, young, actually? Is that young? Being 22 years old? Being tw- in the field of, of, of athletic training, yes, it is. Because okay. you can't get a master. Well, I mean, there are ways. But like, if you just follow a regular course of school. Master's like six. A master's degree takes six years. Six years. Yeah. yeah. And so I was done two years earlier than that and so then you start applying for positions and then it comes into this whole thing of like oh well like this guy's young and like oh well like how experienced is he and it's kind of like you're right it was tough for me because you get a lot of experience through your clinical work you know a lot of hands-on experience you work with all kinds of different sports so you're exposed to everything. everything But, you know, then when you're applying, it's like, okay, well, this guy's 22 years old. Like, how much can he really know? You know what I'm saying? But then you have someone who finishes their master's degree. They're like 25, 26 years old. Like, oh, well, this guy has a master's, so he must be good. And it's just kind of, well, I don't know. Because if they did that, that probably means that they spent four years doing kinesiology, which no, no, that's nothing, no offense to kinesiology. But, like, there's no, you don't have to do clinical hours for kinesiology. Like, you're just learning about the human body, which is dope, but you weren't on a sideline you know, watching having someone, that experience. Yeah, well. watching yeah. someone completely blow out their ACL, MCL, and LCL, and then try to have to handle that, activate EMS, and do everything that an athletic trainer does. Yeah. But because you went to two years of schooling and have a piece of paper that's just as expensive yeah, as my piece of paper, <laughs> you're gonna get hired over me. You know, and so I think that was frustrating. Um, but for other people, that was a, that's just for me. Yeah. I think for other people, something that I've noticed is that a lot of people don't know how important bedside manner is like half of athletic training is being able to talk to people, like talk yeah. to an athlete. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if you don't have social skills, like people skills, yeah. no one's going to want to work with like athletes aren't going to want to listen to you. They're not going to feel comfortable talking to you. Yeah. And so that's when you have athletes who just kind of keep their, keep their mouths shut and they just kind of do play through injury and they don't really talk to you and then things can get worse. Yeah. So you need to be able to interact with people and build relationships with your athletes. Cause I've seen a lot of athletic trainers that they're very book smart, you know, yeah. like they can give you a great textbook answer, but they are incapable of having a, a not awkward conversation with someone. Right. And so athletes don't want to talk to them. Like they athlete, yeah, open up. Yeah. Like I've had athletes come to me and be like, Hey, I don't really want to talk to so-and-so because they make me like, because yeah. they're just like awkward, you yeah, know? Yeah, I get what you mean. So, but you're chill, so kind of just like tell you what's going on. And then it becomes tough because technically, no, I can't because you're not my athlete. Yeah. You know, I have to respect my coworkers. But yeah, so I think a lot of people just don't realize that there is actually a large social skill aspect. To so that's a good plus to have if you have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And if you don't have it, then you should probably work on it. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question, Bryce. All right. Uh, what would be like your advice for someone pursuing a career in that field, in this field of athletic training or kinesiology? Yeah. Um, get as much hands-on practical experience as possible. Um, so, we, we, you know, even if you are going the bachelor's degree, if there is still a college that's giving you that option, um, don't be afraid to get involved. Like, ask questions. Um Put in the extra time, you know, because it does kind of suck because when you're an athletic training student, yeah, it's like having a 
part-time, almost full-time job because you have to be there. If you're my student, you have to be there pretty much just as much as I have to be there. All the practices, all the games, all this stuff. And so it's a lot of time, but so make the most of it. Ask, ask a lot of questions, um, provide your input. Um, and when you get a chance to do something yourself and actually put your hands on an athlete and get to work or run an athlete through a rehab plan, do it because that's the best thing for me. Like I learned, I I learned a lot in school. I'm not going to lie, but you know, a lot of things that you learn in school, you realize like they, you can't, you don't, no one actually really applies it in the field of athletic training, you know, like if someone rolls their ankle, you know what I'm saying? The textbook answer to how long it takes for them to get better is like three to four weeks. I don't have three to four weeks, you know, like I didn't have three to four weeks when we needed, um, you know, one of your teammates to be ready to play for the NCAA tournament. I I had a week and a half. And so it's kind of like... It's different for everyone. Yeah, it's different for everyone. And so you have to understand like, yes, the textbook answer, how long does it take an ankle to get better? Four weeks. But once you start working, you realize that there are things that you can do to expedite that process. And, you know, when it comes to... It's good to know. Yeah, when you're in season and you have like a championship... You're like a team with yeah. championship aspirations, you can't just take afford to take the star point guard out out for four weeks yeah. because he needs to play. You're right. And so, yeah, just get take the opportunity to actually get practical experience because the practical experience is going to benefit you more professionally mm-hmm. and like in the long run than the basic terms that you're going to learn and stuff in yeah. school. I think that'd be my biggest thing. So, like, don't rely purely on the textbook. Understand that right. you need to venture away from the textbook. Oh, that was very helpful, actually. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bryce. No for problem. your time. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank sir. you.